Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the major motion podcast where we talk about the biggest and the best films coming to theaters and streaming online. Can't forget about that. From San Francisco, I'm John Agroni, film editor for theyoungfolks.com, blah, blah, blah. Here's Will Ashton from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, news and entertainment writer at Collider. But Will, we have this, this is a big episode. It is this a very is a big, big episode. I'm very excited for this one. Because, you know, obviously it's a momentous occasion because sure. we're talking about a book. That's the yeah. only reason. I All mean, right, usually we talk else? about, well, I mean, we usually talk about films, but now we're pivoting into books. This is a literary podcast yeah, yeah. now. Book movies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. We, yeah, 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 yeah. One of the best-selling books of all time, but, you know, when we were talking about, like, uh, where the crawdads thing, we're like, we're, we got to talk about this movie. It's going to be super fun. Mm-hmm. Will threatened me. Oh, uh, man. It costed like, you, apparently. We need an expert. He's like, we need somebody in on this. And I was like, well, that's fine. We can have any guests you want. Just remember, I have an anti-nepotism policy. I hate nepotism. <laughs> I've never had my own family on here. I mean, Tyrone and Nancy have tried. Like, let's be honest. I mean, I want, I want Tyrone on the podcast, but you have nixed that. It's never going to happen. Oh, I don't man. believe in corruption. I don't believe in, you know, <laughs> dealing in favors. But oh, I'm an exception here because Will literally was like, I'll walk. Like, Sedemolics will be dead to me. So... You know, and I was like, well, Will, I trust you. This must be like the best guest we've, we've had in generation. But speaking of generations, Will, who do we who do we have on docket? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to put the pressure on her so soon. <laughs> I've, I mean, she, you know, is this, I don't know if this is her first time being on a podcast now. I'm going to ask her in a moment, but let me introduce her. So she is uh, a teacher. She is uh, my sister of 25 years. And for the last week, she is uh, sharing my last name. It is my dear sister, Trisha Ashton. Hello. Yeah. So, so hi, hi, Trisha. How, how's it going? It's going well. That, that was a lot Wait. of pressure I'm feeling. This is my first time podcasting. Um, wow. So yeah, a momentous occasion. Um, but yeah, I, I will try to live up to that expert status you have given me. Well, you know, it, it is a little bit of bluster. I'm known to do that. Uh, one of the reasons because, you know, this book, Where the Crawdads Sing, now a movie, major motion picture on the major motion podcast. It, it's one that you're a fan of, right? Yeah, I would probably argue it is, not, if not my favorite book, one of my favorite books for sure. See, okay, so th- 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 I just want to like go right to that, okay? This book comes out in 2018. It's uh, kind of like an upmarket commercial fiction. And I, I mean, I said this before, it is one of the best-selling books of all time. It's sold... 12 million copies as of the beginning of this year. Who knows how much it's sold by now because of the movie tie-in. I was just on Publishers Weekly last night, and I saw that it's it's been like the number one book like overall lately because of the movie. I mean, people are super excited. And, you know, to what we're going to talk about when I was like on the whole Instagram thing, and I was like, hey, everybody, I'm going to go see, uh, you know, where the crawdads sing. So many, like, usually people are just like, Thor, whatever. Marcel the Shell, Marcel the what? But when it was where the crawdads sing, people are like, you know, my sisters, my mom, um, my boss, like, all of these people were just like, is it good? Is it good? Is it good? I need to know if this is good. If you don't tell me it's good, I will, I'll show you where the crawdads sing. Um, why is this book so popular? I've read a little bit of it. I've been aware of it for a long time. But what, what is it? Like, what, what, how did this capture the zeitgeist? Um, I think it just is a lot of different things wrapped into one. Um, so there's the coming of age of the main character, 
um, that I think a lot of girls just connect to her, just trying to discover the world, um, just figuring things out, um, being by herself for a long time and just, yeah, there's also the romantic aspect, um, of her different love interests and, um, the battle of love and lost and forgiveness and hurt. Um, but then I think the biggest component is just that, that whodunit, um, aspect and the trial, um, and just the, the way they weave in the different timelines is just really well written. Um, easy to follow and just really keeps you turning the pages to want to figure out what happened and how she is just going about life. I think that a lot of those things just, just really grab all the audiences. Um, I'm not sure. I feel like it is predominantly women who it grabs. Um, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on that, but that's kind of the audience I have noticed the most, which I think is surprising. I think this is, this is very appealing like the the book and like the story, very appealing to me, and I, I assume plenty of her dudes. But it does seem like yeah, something that was primarily picked up on by women, at least in my life. Mm-hmm. Anecdotally, what about you, Will? Well, yeah, because this was um, what's the name of Reese Witherspoon's book club? Hello Sunshine. Okay, she she kind of took over from like Oprah's fire, and like she gave this book yeah. her stamp of approval. She was like, "Look out, Oprah! I'm on I'm right. hot on your tail." Yeah, I think this was like. If not one of the first, I know this was one of the most notable from that label. Like she like came into it early. I think even before it got published, she's like, "You guys got to check out this book. You guys aren't going to believe it." And you know, kind of similar to like Oprah back in the two thousands when her name was attached to a book, it just became huge. It was on the bestsellers list. Mm-hmm. It became this big phenomenon, and that might explain why it's primarily women uh, who have read it and seeked it out. But I mean. Yeah, as you mentioned, she is a producer on the film as well. Certainly has championed the the book and now the film throughout, uh, you know, production. And so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's based in North Carolina. You know, it's kind of got like that American South. It's Americana. I mean, I think people are kind of like, OK, you know what? I don't we don't get a lot of books like this. We get things like Gone Girl, you know, and that's like in, you know, these urban places. We get a lot of things that are like. I don't know, a little bit coastal. I mean, this is coastal, literally. But I think it's also just like its own kind of thing. You know, it's back in the past. It's got the central mystery. It's, yeah, it's got a lot of pieces in its stew. Um, and I, I was honestly... So so the li- some of the listeners know, if they've listened long enough, they're like, oh, well, John grew up in Virginia. You know, and I grew up pretty close to North Carolina. So I must have watched this movie and been like, ah, oh, you know, just like home. But... I thought this was in like Louisiana for the longest time until somebody was just like, no, 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 this is what's it. What is it like living in North Carolina? Like we do. And I was like, wait, what? Well, These are the Carolinas. Didn't they film this in Louisiana? I bet. Okay. <laughs> I actually know. But like, I legitimately was like, oh, this we're in Louisiana. Cause like the marshes, like when I think of North Carolina, I guess, I mean, I think of like OBX and stuff. And so I, I have a very limited, I've, I haven't lived in North Carolina. Right. So, I, yeah, I just never picked up on that, I guess, like that part of the yeah. state. Yeah, it was filmed in New Orleans and Louisiana. So there you go. I mean, it makes sense because, I mean, that's more of like a film-friendly kind of, you know, area. But I guess that's immaterial. Like, what What is this movie about? We got a lot of stuff to get to. Um, so we kind of got to run down of the book. The movie, I think, essentially, we're going to have to ask Trish about this. Like, how does it, like, compare, you know, structurally and, like, you know, how many changes and everything. But... The basic premise is, as we've kind of discussed, it's about kind of a, a young girl who grows up in a North Carolina marsh. She was abandoned as a kid. 
we kind of go back and forth to like how she grew up on her own kind of dealing with like her drunk father played by Garrett Delahunt and then her adult self um, who's played by Daisy Edgar Jones. We love Daisy Edgar Jones on this podcast. Well, I do. I don't know. I mean, Will, you seem to think she was okay and fresh, but you know, I've I loved thought she was normal good. people. Yeah. I mean, I've only really seen her in fresh. Uh, Trish, yeah, did I you mean, know her from anything? This is the main character, correct? Yeah, the main yeah, actress. Yeah, yeah, I know her from Under the Banner of Heaven. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, I haven't seen but her. But me and the watch that. She's one of the the main characters in that that show. Cool. I wonder, oh, yeah. is that based on a book too? Because Normal People is based on a book I love by Sally Rooney. And so she's just kind of like, hey, you got a book coming into a movie, you hire me. <laughs> I, I don't believe that Under the Banner of Heaven is based on a book. Um, I could be incorrect, but it's kind of an overview it's um about a mormon family who is using their mormon religion to um to do not very ethical or moral things uh, it is based on a book it's based on a non-fiction book also called under the banner of heaven but it's non-fiction so i guess it's kind of like the premise i guess but it's like its own story yeah. So she's uh, scouring the the bestsellers list and just picking yeah, projects she is. from there. I guess yeah, <laughs> she's on top of it. Uh, yeah. I don't. She doesn't have any future projects that I'm seeing here, but uh, she's she's kind of breaking out a little bit. I mean, I think this movie will be a nice little like, hey, you know, get a little more attention for her. Yeah. But have you? Yeah, she's doing well for herself. Trish, have you read any of Sally Rooney's books? I meant to ask you that earlier. I do not believe so. No. I'm surprised. Consider think, this a yeah. recommendation podcast. Sure. Normal people's. An oh, important, wait, wait. I read I normal rec- people. Sorry. Yes, I read that. Oh, sweet. Yes. You should, you should watch, uh, if you haven't seen the show that she's in it, it, I actually like normally I'm a little bit like, you know, I like, I like the book more almost in every circumstance, but the normal people show is actually extremely faithful in in like a way that I think it like improves and doesn't like trip up a lot. So I, I got to recommend that it's on Hulu. Yeah. Check that um, out for sure. Cinemaholics, all about cinema. Uh, so yeah, cinema. Up, like I was saying. Yeah, it's it's so more far. It's been TV and book recommendations from us. At yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta we we gotta get back to our roots, Will. You know, we gotta get back to where we come from. We gotta get back to the marsh. So uh, the character's name is Kaya, and she's very interesting. She's very resourceful. You know, she's grown up on her own. She like no, she loves feathers. She's super fun. Uh, but she's also a little bit like, you know, obstacle after obstacle. And as we were kind of getting into earlier, there's a central mystery where somebody has been murdered and everybody is kind of like basically prejudiced against Kaya. They call her the Marsh Girl. They think she's weird and dangerous and they think she did it. And so we have a character played by David Strathairn who's like, we got to we got to we got to root into your past. Kaya, to, fe- to, to prove everybody you're not you're not a criminal, you're not evil. And she's like, all right, let's do it. And so that's that's where the crawdads sing. It's it's a nice, um, you know, it's like part coming of age. And then it's also like kind of romance. And it's kind of like a blossoming sort of like adult, you know, romantic drama uh, as a movie. I, you know, I, I think it's effective. I mean, I, I was watching it. And I was engrossed. I did have the feeling when I walked out of this that is this one of those movies where the book is just way too good for this? Because I didn't I didn't I wasn't wowed by this movie at all. And I, I certainly wasn't like when everything was said and done, I was like, wow, you know, what an experience, like what I like didn't see that coming and none of that. But I did, you know, I was like, OK, this this is a movie and it's doing movie stuff. But I the reaction I've seen from people with the book is so raw. It's so like, you know, grandstanding that I was like, man, I, I just I don't know if this is going to like really 
work for the book fans. So I had to tell everybody, I was like, hey, you know, check it out if you're interested. But yeah, it, it might not it, it might not give you that same experience you got from the book. But Trish, you are the one. We got to ask about this. So like, how does it compare? Did you did you like this compared to the book? What happened? Um, I'd say that I, I did enjoy the movie. I was very nervous and apprehensive going in um, because of how much I liked the book. And just knowing that it's really hard to get all of those packed into a two hour movie. Um, and so I would say that with the movie, um, you did lose some character development, um, which, you know, you can obviously feel that and get that a lot more in a book. Um, but I feel like they did, they did pretty good job. They stayed true to the book, um, and got a lot of those really important aspects. Um, I was very nervous at the beginning of the movie, um, because in the book, it doesn't jump back and forth as much as it does in the movie. Um, so when they jumped right in there, I was nervous of how you as an audience were going to connect with Kaya, um, because obviously you connect a lot more in the book. Um, but they did jump back into her past there. And so I did feel like they, they did a good job of that, but I was very apprehensive at first with them jumping just right into the court scenes. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as a movie. Um, I didn't, I would say that I prefer the book. Um, but I feel like they did a good job at capturing all those aspects. Um, and I would recommend people to see it. Okay. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the writing time. Um, it's just a little over two hours. Uh, I honestly thought it was longer. Not, not in a terrible way, not in a way like, oh my gosh, so long. But I sort of was like, man, that was, that was a lot. Like, I think there's so much story to it. Uh, real quick though, you said, uh, it lost in the character development. Do you mean like for Kaya? Do you mean like for a lot of characters? Um, I would say the biggest one is Jody. There is a lot more character development mm. for him in the book. Um, and so you see a little bit more of Kaya's apprehension to build relationships. When he comes back, she is a lot more apprehensive in the book than in the movie. She just kind of immediately is like, Hey, my brother. Um, where like in the book, it's more realistic of, she doesn't recognize him at first. Um, and is kind of more apprehensive to that. Um, and some of the like other characters like jump in and, um, Tate's dad, skipper, things like that. Um, but I would say a lot of yeah, he just gets like a scene. He's like, come on, kid, you got to help me with these crawdads. You know, he's just like very like he's a worker guy. Yeah. So he has a lot more and there's a lot more of of Tate and his dad in there, um, which I think is sweet and kind of sh- it shows more of the, the tension that Tate feels between her and the outside world, um, where in the movie, it's just kind of like, hey, I didn't come back because. I was doing my thing where in the book, it's more of there's the tension of he is progressing as his academics and as his um, professional career. Um, But is that torn that tension between trying to decide, can I bring Kaya into this? Can I bring this to Kaya? Um, Where that's a little bit lost in the movie. Um, But these things are all all minors. They got the big, the big points. Um, So yeah, I was impressed about that. Well said, well said. Okay. Well, we'll, we're, we're the outliers here. I mean, we, we, we haven't read the book, so we we yep. went into this fresh, you know, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you come away from it? I mean, this is Olivia Newman. Mm-hmm. Um, have you have you seen any of her work before? She did well, like a Netflix movie called uh, First Match. I, I right. didn't see it. I, was busy. I didn't see that either. I know she's done some TV, but I, I don't remember off the top of my head what TV she has done. So, no, I'm not too familiar with her work, I must say. Um, okay. But, yeah, 
I mean, as far as the the movie is concerned, I was very curious to ask Trish about. It. So, would you say this is like, as far as the story itself, it's fairly faithful to the the story? But you're saying some of the character beats kind of get lost in translation. Yeah, I would say it's it's very faithful. Um, okay. the, there's just like kind of just a couple of things that they changed, very minor. Um, throughout the book, there's a lot of poetry um, that. Sorry to spoil if anybody hasn't read the book and was to. Um, but you find out like this poet that Kaya really connects to throughout the whole book. Um, in the end, it's it's her that was that poet. And she was throughout her whole life submitting this poetry um, under a surname. Um, so that's kind of an aspect that helps you to, to then as you look back, you understand a lot of her. Um, and then it connects a little bit with the ending. So that they kind of tweaked. But um but yeah, other than that, I would say it's very accurate and very true to the book. Yeah, because the big thing for me, I felt watching movies, I felt very busy. Like it kind of felt like they were constantly kind of moving at a clip where they had to kind of put all these different things in, have to kind of make sure they got to this point, then they got to this point, then we get to this, then we, like we said, we established the murder, then we establish all these characters. And it felt almost a little restless to the point where. I would have preferred, I guess, that the movie let itself breathe a little bit more. The only moments I felt really felt kind of slowed down and a little bit more meditative were the more relationship-based moments, certainly like when she's kind of in her first love. And then later when she forms another relationship, those moments have a little bit more time to kind of play out and breathe and let the actors get settled into the characters. I felt like a lot of the moments in this film, there was such a restlessness that I didn't really feel equipped to know the characters as well. It just kind of felt like I was knowing about them and how they set the stage for what this mystery was going to be. But I didn't really get a full sense of who they were and how they really connected uh, as far as like outside of the events that led to their lives. Um, and for me, that, that made the film, unfortunately, a little bit lacking. I think the performances generally were pretty good. And um, I, I do think there is something to the story, like Trisha was saying earlier, where it is combining, uh, you know, a coming of age story with this sort of like the Killing Mockingbird-esque uh, trial drama. And there is like the mystery and all these different elements. I was impressed by how I was able to kind of combine all those into one story. Even when it wasn't super cohesive, it does feel like it is adding all these elements in a way that didn't feel like too jarring to me in the process of watching the film itself. Um, but at the same time, I did kind of find myself wondering, as John was asking earlier, what is about this book that really makes it come to life compared to the story? And I have to imagine it's more about getting to know Kaya about her world perspective, kind of understanding her outsider view of things, which feels probably more integral to the book and probably feels a little bit more fleshed out and therefore you can understand and sympathize with her more and i feel like the movie something about that was maybe lost in translation here yeah i did feel like watching it it was very like it the movie was made for the book readers um and i mean i went to see it with my fiance who hadn't read the book and he still really enjoyed the movie um but yeah again some of those those moments you're talking about like trying to get all of it in um, I feel like they didn't want people to to be upset who had read the book of like, oh, this wasn't in there or this person wasn't in the movie. Um, but that is a hard tension to to make a good movie, but also appease the book readers. Um, and I feel like they leaned more to to getting the the book readers to be happy and satisfied that all of those elements and all the characters 
had made an appearance um, and were were a part of the movie. Yeah, I think it, it, this is definitely like one of those kinds of things where this is not for critics. I think critics like when, when they watch a movie like this, I mean, they, they want the creative liberties, right? Like they want a little bit more of like, how do you take the the book and kind of like really like blast it out, I guess. And th- this was a little bit safer. And I think that, you know, financially, that's probably a better idea. Uh, there were times I was watching this and I was like, this is kind of like, I feel like I'm watching kind of like a Netflix original movie. And that's cool. Like, I'm not sort of like knocking Olivia Newman here uh, necessarily. I think that like, she's just not a very, I think, artistic director. I just don't like, she just kind of frames things and shoots things, shoots things in a very efficient manner. Very like, di- literal, you could say, I guess. Very literal, not literary. Right. Which is a little bit of like, it was a surprise for me because like, you know, back to like normal people, I think normal people had some like really brilliant, you know, moments where they found ways to make this story kind of cinematic. It wasn't always, it was very, it was, it was a show, you know, it was a a very Hulu kind of show, but it just felt a little bit more artistic, I guess, where this, I, I, I don't know, I got a little bit more of like a laid back quality to it, which is fine because I think a lot of people won't care and they'll just be sucked Mm -hmm. into the story. And it's like, let's just give the care, like make the characters, the stars. Like that's the point, isn't it? Like let them just sort of shine, show the relationships, have people being like, Oh my gosh, can you believe? Um, but yeah, I mean, in that sense, it's melodramatic. That, that that's what you want. Uh, box office wise, it's not doing super great. I mean, it's oh, made really? 17 million. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's made 17 million opening weekend. And I think some people were, you know, people were expecting that, but they were like, you know, what, what if this is like, what, what if the book readers really come out for this? And they did not. Not really. I mean, it, it, there were book clubs that came out to see this, but I don't know. I I think there are people who really like the book and are curious, but are not so curious that they're going to rush out and see this in a theater. I think they're like, if this had been on Netflix, if this had been on Hulu and it had been, you know, oh my gosh, it would be like super buzzy in those circles. Mm-hmm. But of course, you wouldn't have the box office revenue. So I think the, re- the strategy is what it is. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, the thing that surprised me the most, and this is becoming sort of a cliched criticism, but I am sort of surprised this wasn't a miniseries, like, or it, it wasn't expanded into like a few episodes because it's a cliched it seems like, miniseries because it happens a lot. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, cl- you know? cliched criticism. Yeah. Um, yeah, criticism, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's better or worse for that. If anything, I actually kind of like that had sort of like a 90s feel where like the book itself is sort of the star, like the drawing power for it. And mm-hmm. I feel like we it's been a while since we've had something like that where it's like this big. Well, yeah, to you what know, you're saying, Big Little Lies. This could have been a Big Little Lies. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. Another Reese Witherspoon uh, produced and, and that key starring show. But I mean, I mean, to her credit, like, you know, something like Wild, you know, she produces that. And that's like a, mm-hmm. a really tremendous movie as well. Nonfiction, um, yeah. Right, nonfiction, true. But I mean, or like Gone Girl, like she produces that, and that's, you know, a terrific film. Well, with um, Gone Girl, it, that thing was always like from the ground up, like we are going to do this in the fall and it's going to be a best picture contender. Sure. And that's the yeah. thing, you don't always know what a movie like that is going to be like that. Or mm-hmm. in this case, maybe they thought that maybe before they set the release date, they're like, we're going to put this out at TIFF, this is going to, or Telluride, this is going to be a big Americana sort of thing. It's going to go for best picture. And then they're like, actually, no, uh, late July. Yeah, I mean, it just it's just surprising to put this in the summer movie season, like you're suggesting. Right. It does seem kind of more of like a f- friendlier release for the fall. Maybe it's because, like you said, it's like you know, it takes place like 
in like very sunny like area it has a very like summery feel to it maybe they just felt like that would translate well and with the success of the book maybe they just felt like it would be kind of a blockbuster type of release but um to an earlier point of viewers i was going to say i think one of the bigger criticisms i did have of this film is that it felt like a lot of telling over showing like there's a lot of times where we just hear kaya explaining things and made me feel like oh i'd just rather would listen to audio but to hear her talk because she seems like a very interesting character but i'm only getting kind of a limited perspective from her watching the film but that's not really a criticism of the central performance i think that's just more the film itself not really having as much time to really develop her character compared to the book yeah i think the performances are good like all of them are good except for a couple can i can i say that some of the performances that i'm just like Mm-mm, no um the boys i mean look you all know I, I've been Team Tate my whole life. Uh, except, you know, there's a there's a scene where Kai is throwing stuff at Tate. I'm like, yeah, good. But at the same time, I was like, Tate, you need to get in there. You need to you need to you need to clean up your mess. Um, there's this other character, Chase Andrews, who is just this is the guy from Beach Rats. When I see him in a movie, I'm just like, okay. Oh, that's what he's from. You know, okay. I, he's going to give us like a slow burn kind of thing. He's going to be this character who we're just like, Kai, you stay away from that young man. However, in this, he's cartoonish, isn't he? I feel like in the book, he probably was a little bit more of like, okay, can she trust this guy? What's going on with this guy? And then like, as he sort of develops, you know, of course, what happens happens. But I don't know. I feel like these guys are playing these parts so like it, it's, maybe it's because they're right next to Daisy Edgar Jones, who's just like running laps around them. She's just like, hey, oh, you guys like, did you read the scripts? Um, is that that's you're right? That's pretty harsh. I don't know. What did you think of the performances? Trish? I would agree that I mean for Tate, I I kind of felt indifferent. Um, but yeah, I was disappointed with how Chase Andrews was um, was played, just because I feel like it's a very dynamic character um, that he he kind of changes where he has his, his softer moments, um, where Kaya kind of, he is letting Kaya in. Um, and then where, you know, he's harsher. And I felt like, like he was just kind of more of a, a constant even, um, instead of getting that kind of intricate balance. Um, I feel like safe is the word, like he just played it kind of safe. Um, where I don't feel like in the book chase was necessarily a safe character. Um, so that was, I feel like some of that was lost in his development and kind of understanding more of where Kai is at because of that, that changing character. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a little disappointing. I think that's well said. Yeah. Uh, did, did yeah. you have a take? Well, cause, cause I, there is well, some, I have a little bit of a, a thing to add to this, but I want to hear your take. I mean, yeah. So Harris, Harris, uh, what's his name? Harris. Dickinson Harris is Dickinson is the yeah. actor who plays mm-hmm. Chase Andrews. Right. I mean, I think his performance in Beach Rats is just like it's a very beautifully subtle performance. And I think he really captures the nuance of that character, Frankie, in that film really well. And I feel like this movie, like like you're suggesting, I felt like they focus too much on his like inherent badness coming into it to a point where it didn't really feel like much of a mystery what was going to happen it's like as soon as he comes on the screen I'm like oh this is not, this guy's no good i don't want i don't want like him around Kingsman, right because okay, he was in Kingsman. Kingsman as well and he was also kind of like i don't know he was like a wet blanket it's like we know you're good at acting dude what's going on i mean maybe just better suited for indie dramas i don't know it just seems like maybe 
I mean, you could uh, he, he brings like an interesting flavor to the part. Like there is something kind of like sleekly, kind of grossly charismatic about him. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It just didn't really. I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's more just how they portrayed the part. Just because it just felt like there wasn't much mystery as far as like I know this guy's bad. I'm just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop with him. Yeah, and I feel like it's probably better played in the book where you spend more time and probably get the no chase better and kind of see some of his virtues maybe more as a character. So the things that might charm him to Kaya, uh, you know, cause especially because like it seems like from what you're telling us, Trish, like Kaya is probably like uh, like world weary person. She's not someone who's just going to let her guard down easily. So it just seems like like as soon as if if Kaya really saw this guy, it'd be like, oh, she knows this guy's no good. Like, just you see him and you see Harris Dickinson's like, this guy's no good. I'm exactly. not dealing with him. Like, but what, like, so like, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the missed opportunities, I think, of the movie is that it, it doesn't create a very strong discrepancy between like the marsh and like the town and sort of like it, it, it barely dabbles in sort of like the class structures there. It has this sort of thing where like she's the Marsh girl. People kind of just hate her and look down on her. But she also looks like Daisy Edgar Jones. So it's like it's weird. It's it. There, there's something like really not working for me there where it's like what's what, the prejudice against her as an adult is very odd. And like, even when she's a kid, it just seems very like overhauled. Like we got to really like dial that in for some reason. And I, it, I don't know. I, I wanted a little bit more of like, well, what's up with this town? What is up with these people? Like, why, why are they so like, what it, these hierarchical systems that they have going on? What's going on here? Why, you know, that would have made the central mystery a little bit more compelling. It would have added more tension to the trial. Instead. I just find, I find all these characters be characters to be cartoonish so like when david street there and is like the one person who has like humanity it i don't know it, it feels a little bit out of place it feels a little bit of like okay maybe you're trying you're trying to play me like a string right now yeah the one scene in particular that i i was a little off put by was when they when she initially met chase and all the people were at the beach and she was just kind of sitting there sketching or whatever um where in the book like she would never she would never have lingered there with the people Um, anytime she kind of saw people around in her marsh, she was hiding or running away. Um, so that was, I think that also kind of like, it just like Chase just walked up to her where, um, in the movie. Why wouldn't he? She's, she looks amazing and she's, I mean, there's nothing about her that you're just like, oh my gosh, what a marsh girl wearing clothes like the rest of us (laughs) living her life. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little kind of like a stretch of you know, kind of taking a lot of the different like years in the book and just smushing them into a couple of seconds there. It was, it was the 1960s. We forgot to mention, it's not like modern day or anything. This is, uh, this whole story takes place like from the fifties to the sixties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also, well, there, there are also these characters who I thought were going to be a bigger deal. Um, they kind of are, I guess, but there are a few, there are two black characters in this like prominent black characters and, you know, they kind of like from a young age kind of help Kaya out. Uh, what, what, what was your take on those characters? Well, because I, I kind of was a little bit confused by them at times. And I was a little bit like, are we kind of messing around with some like very like whitewashed racial yeah. platitudes here? How did, how did that play for you? Well, that's another thing I really want to know more about from the book. Like, are those kind of more drawn out characters in the book or is that pretty faithful to how they they are portrayed in the novel no they're they're really big characters in the book um and i think that that's not really shown but especially jumpin is 
is someone who is 100% like Kaya's fatherly figure mm-hmm. um, whenever her, when she's abandoned. Um, and they, they showed a little bit, but they did a lot to support her. Um, like he, he bought some different things that she caught um, that he clearly wasn't going to sell. Um, but they did a good job of supporting her and providing her kind of quote unquote charity things, but allowing it to not feel like charity because she wouldn't accept that. Um, whereas in the movie, it's just like, Oh, here are these clothes. And she's like, Oh, great. I love this. Um, <laughs> definitely. yeah, I got you. Um, yeah. Cause oh. well, before, before we go, uh, move on. Um, I think your phone was being blocked by something cause your audio kind of like changed a little bit. I don't know if like the speaker got kind of like, Oh no, I might've, well, might've been bumped. Oh, there you go. There you are. Now you're back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I was kind of confused by how the film portrayed race especially considering like you know this is like deep south in the 50s and we right. really only have like two prominent black characters like this is around the same time as to kill a mockingbird as we mentioned even down to the point where i, I was half wondering if there would be a scene where like you know david Strahan is talking to kaya and then you just see like atticus finch in the other cell like can you keep it down i'm talking to my client over <laughs> yeah, here yeah <laughs> yeah we got a courtroom over here yeah. Yeah, i don't know why we're doing new york <laughs> i don't know yeah well you're the one doing we got the a courtroom over yeah. here what's she doing uh, yeah, yeah. yeah anyway um but yeah i mean I, I did feel like their characters kind of verged into stereotype in a sort of outdated way. And I was wondering, I was hoping that wasn't in the book. Uh, but I, I, I kind of figured there'd be more nuance in the novel as opposed to the film. It just kind of felt like their characters didn't really feel sincere to me. It just kind of felt like a very Hollywood take on race, especially in this time and in this place. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's emblematic of like, I think, the major shortcoming of the movie. Even, I think it's effective enough, but I think it it like has these things and it just doesn't really like go any deeper than here are two black characters in the South being fatherly figures. There is racism. And then next scene, we got to go. We got to go. We got another scene. We got three more. So that's kind of how this whole movie is really. No. Yeah, that's really true. Um, Cause there were a lot, there are a lot more nuances in the book of, um, just the racism that they experienced. Like there was a time when Kaya went out to their house to see them. Um, and like there were kids that were throwing rocks at jump in. Um, and she came in and kind of like whacked them, um, and stood up for him. Um, and then especially like during the court, see the court times, um, like they were, were not allowed in the court and the judge made a big deal to allow them to be there. Um, so there are different things like that, that were in the book that, I mean, you can't capture it all, but yeah, that was definitely something that they kind of allowed to be lost in the movie. Yeah, they could have had in the heat of the night. Also, like killing Bockerbird, kill a mockingbird was like the next day, and the heat of the night was a couple days mm-hmm. later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I only had one other thing to talk about, and that and that is like kind of the controversy around this book. But I think it's kind of related to spoilers. So here's here's what I want to do. Well. Uh, before we get into that, I, I feel like we've been kind of negative and I wanted to hear more from Trish about like what she really liked about well, I the film. To say, let's, yeah, yeah. let's just do like a final, like, okay, let's sum it up. Okay. Play the Rotten Tomatoes game and then finish it out with, uh, the controversy stuff, the juicy drama. Um, but yeah, Trish, uh, yeah, you're kind of just like final impression. Is there anything else you want to get anything else positive you wanted to get to? Uh, yeah. What, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, overall, I did really enjoy the movie. Um, I'm not sure, again, like how much 
of that I would have enjoyed equally having not read the book. Um, I mean, I read the book twice. Um, and both times I was really engaged and even though kind of knew the outcome, um, knew how it was going to end was still page turning. Whereas in the movie, I kind of was sitting back more of like, Oh, I I definitely know how this is going to be. Um, so, but I feel like they did a pretty good job capturing, um, all the different characters. Um, one twist of the movie that I actually liked a little bit better than the book, um, is I feel like they gave Kaya a little more emotion. Um, so in the book, she is very apprehensive to all people, um, especially during all the court hearings and the court scenes. Um, she is very disengaged, um, not listening, having a, a hard time, um, which is understandable, um, not being a part of civilization. But I think that 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 was something that in the book I wanted her to to have more emotion um, and just kind of to be a little more um on edge of if she is gonna going to get the death penalty or not. Um, but, but yeah, so that was one positive, um, for the movie that, that was something that in the book, um, I felt kind of lacking, but I mean, overall, I feel like everybody's always going to say they like the book more than the movie. Um, and they clearly tried to, to really get all those aspects in for the book readers and the book lovers. Um, and so I feel like they did a good job for them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I recommend it to a friend um, and definitely enjoyed my time watching it. Excellent. Uh, you know, well, I was going to ask you, have you have you ever been to North Carolina? Uh, not that I recall. Have either of you been? No, I have not been to it, North Carolina. It just it doesn't really look like that. I know I'm hung up on it, but like, I mean, maybe there are like marshes that kind of look like that. But like, I don't know when the entire town was like, this isn't, you know, Taylor Swift wrote a song called Carolina for this. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, so a uh, good song. I was going to say, I like that song. I thought it was okay. I mean, I, I, I don't really remember song. how it went, but it was playing over the credits, and I was just like, you know, is there going to be an end credit scene? No. I um, think the song was going to be a, a more part of it. I felt like that was a very big um, media thing. That- oh, was mm. it? Mm. Like Kaya's like running through the marsh, you know, trying to find, Tate, where are you? And Carolina's playing. Yeah. The the birds were going to sing it. That was the crawdads. Sorry. The, the crawdads. I was hoping we're going to. The what movie also. you think we're watching? Oh, man. Um, uh, oh, I mean, what, it, yeah. One other thing I was going to mention before you go, you do your spiel, Will, is uh, Olivia Newman is going to be making, like, she's not done with, like, book adaptations. Oh, okay. You know, she's already on it. So she's she's working on a mini series for The Last Thing He Told Me which is uh, a book that I've read. Maybe I can okay. be a guest on our own podcast. Uh, the Laura <laughs> Dave book. No, I, the last thing you told me is actually kind of a good, it's, it's a good, it's, it's kind of in the same vein. So she's, she's got a niche. Uh, so that's what we can expect next from her. But yeah, anyway, Will, uh, your, your, your last thought on where the crowd sink. spoiler free, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall. I mean, I, I guess it just left me wanting to read the book more than anything. I felt like the story was interesting. And while I did enjoy the central performance, I, I did find myself kind of wondering more about like what made this book such a phenomenon. I mean, hearing from Trish, I get a better understanding of that. But when I was watching the film, I didn't really get that sense. Like I was kind of just left wondering what was the, the draw here? What was really kind of making this such a 
compelling read. And I, I think the central character is very interesting. And I, I certainly like Daisy. Uh, is it Daisy Edgar Jones? That's the actress here. Daisy, you got it. Okay. Daisy Edgar Jones, yeah. Irish actress. I really like she. She's very naturalistic as a performer, I think. Um, you know, certainly from what I've seen from, you know, her doing like a genre film like Fresh, which is also really balancing a lot of tones. I think she can be very grounded, very sincere as a performer. And I think that did a lot to ground that film as well. And I think, you know, there's a lot here, even when the story can feel kind of busy. I think she brings a lot of life, brings a lot of nuance to this performance. I think that was certainly a draw. I just didn't really feel like the narrative really honored that performance in that way. It just kind of felt like it was constantly trying to, like we said, hit all the big bookmarks, try to make sure it got everything that the readers wanted, kind of knowing that like if they missed a lot of big things, there'd be all these complaints. And I think that's fine as far as uh, seeing it as a fan of the book, but as a film, it just kind of felt a little uneven and maybe not quite as uh, lived in as it could have been uh, ultimately. So... I don't know. I find myself a little underwhelmed, but, you know, I can see the appeal at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say with Daisy Edgar Jones, very good actress. She is better in normal people because I think the character is more interesting. But like in both of these roles, I mean, both of these roles, she's playing like somebody who's kind of ostracized by society. Um, I think it's it's a little bit more believable in normal people because, you know, she's Daisy Edgar Jones. Uh, but I think like in both of these roles and in fresh to an extent too, she's just an actress who I think is just really good at like knowing what to do with her eyes. Like the way that she kind of like stares at things and lets things kind of like translate from what she's feeling to what her eyes are doing. It, it is a kind of unique thing. It's hard to do uh, as a performer. And so I just think that she has a real knack for it. And that's, I think why she's getting roles like this because she she's done like moody sort of like, you know, like we said, melodramatic, you know, kind of a, a woman on the outs. I'm very curious, like uh, more stuff like Fresh. How is that going to go for her where she's a little bit more of like, you know, the straight man character, you know, just kind of like, you know, your average kind of everyday casual person getting caught up in something wild and unpredictable. I think uh, I'd, love, I'd love to see how she can handle rules like that. So and also a credit to the young actress, Jojo Regina, who we didn't mention, who plays Kaya when she's little, uh, I thought she was very, very strong. Like, she has to carry, like, a big chunk of this movie. Like, more than I thought. I was like, well, that's her as a kid. Now we're going to jump over to... No! More of her. Like, you know, they didn't do the Captain Marvel thing, where it's just, like, four different child actors in a row, and then we go right to Brie Larson. But anyway, let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. So, Trish, I, I don't know if you've ever listened to the show, I guess, recently, uh, when we've played the Rotten Tomatoes game. Uh, do, do you know how it works? I can explain it. It's easy. I don't think I know this game. Okay. It's just a, it's a fun game. America's favorite game show. Uh, Will Ashton likes it because he always wins. Um, usually he plays by himself, though. That's the thing. Um, it's simple. Uh, have you seen the Rotten Tomatoes score of where the crawdads sing? Hopefully not. I have not, no. Perfect. Uh, it's a guessing game. We're going to try You and Will are going to compete. You know, we're going to see who's the, who, who is, who knows where the crawdads sing when it comes to critics. That's, that's what we're going to find out. So if they're singing I'll, its praises or not, mm, you could say, or if they're a little flat. So let's find out. So we have 115 critics Gave this movie a score on Rotten Tomatoes. I never did review it. I, I meant to, and I just didn't. I'm very sorry. Uh, but we have somebody else reviewing it for the young folks, and uh, she hasn't seen it yet, I don't think, but that's going to be coming soon. But anyway, 
115 reviews percentage wise. We'll start with you, Will. Um, give give her a little bit of an advantage. Give Trish an advantage here. So, okay. Will, what do you think? The what do you think the tomato meter is after this one? I think critics are divided. I don't know. It seems like a lot of people on my letterbox timeline are not really responding to it or a little lukewarm on it. But I imagine, you know, like we said, like a lot of people who critics who have, have read the book probably are more familiar with it, probably like it more, maybe more forgiving of it. But I imagine the score is probably split for that reason. So I'm going to say 54%. Okay. That's your guess. 54. Trish, what do you think? Do you, do you think your brother knows as much about movies as he thinks he does? Yeah, I think he's definitely going to give it a try. Um, <laughs> I don't really have much of an explanation, but my gut just said 76, so I'm going to go with that. It's a good guess. Okay, well, I got, I got bad news for both of you. Okay. This thing, it said 37%. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I was like, wait, what? That's super low. Like, that's, come on, 37%. I think critics are having, a, they're, they're in their feelings or something, because mm. <laughs> this movie is not that bad. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, do, 37%, uh... was way low. Did you do uh, Metacritic too, or do you want me to pull that up? Yeah, you can pull that up if you want. Uh, I I don't know what the Metacritic is. Yeah, I assume it's similar. It usually is like lower than the Rotten Tomatoes. I'm but, just curious if it's. Uh, we uh, do have. Yeah, yeah. Ahead. We do have the audience score. Uh, now who okay. knows about this one, right? We have a thousand plus verified ratings. Forget the critics. The critics, you know, they, they had their reviews. They had their fun. Mm-hmm. But what about audiences? What do they think? Uh, we'll start with you again, Will. I think they're going to be notably higher on this one, um, you know, kind of going off of Trish's response. I'm going to say 84%. Okay. And Trish, what do you think? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to stick with my 76. Okay. Well, Will, you are technically closer because it's higher than that. Hmm. It's 96%. Wow. Okay. Well, that's audience. Yeah. Of course. I think audiences are like, yeah, yeah, I liked it. I mean, what? come on. I mean, what? <laughs> It's a movie. It's two hours. Like they had fun. They had their popcorn. I don't know. I think I think critics are being got, a little harsh here. Got some wine. Met up with the book club. You know, went to the movies. Yeah, had a good time. Go. What's what's wrong with that? Yeah, my screening had like a bunch of book clubs show oh, yeah? up. Uh, like they were invited and stuff. Yeah, and they they had the time of their lives. It was oh. nice to see. Uh, um, Trish, are you in a book club? Okay, you got. It. I don't know if I've ever asked you that before. I am not in a book club. Um, you should be in a book club. I think that's a touchy subject. Oh boy. Well. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you have to get the right group. Um, yeah, that's true. And I, I you should, uh, and I just am not good. really a, um, fully there on their picks. Um, mm. I have been in a forced book club at work. So, oh, really? What's a forced book club? Oh, those are not fun. Mm-mm. I haven't been in a book club since I lived in Virginia. California, the book clubs here. I mean, no thanks. Oh. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll leave it at that. Trisha, you should start a book club. I think you'd have, uh, you'd be a great book club host that is a great point i will consider that yeah you, isn't there a really good uh a podcast f- specifically for book movies i forget what it's called it's like popcorn is that book the club or something like that the dan schwartz one i don't i don't remember who does it i've I listened to it before though and i remember it, was, it was interesting that's that's a good idea for a book club it's like yeah let's look at these movie times before they come out and then judge them um, sure sounds like fun anyway uh okay Box uh, or not box office mojo, uh, cinema score. What am I thinking? Uh, so for cinema score, you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with cinema score, Trisha, but uh, idea is well, that there are, a, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. yeah, Will likes to explain it. Okay. Yeah, so there's a, <laughs> a group do. in Vegas 
who for some reason pull every one of their audiences as far as highly responsive film and suddenly they are uh determining what the nationwide and even worldwide response to the film is i don't know to be fair because people from all over go to vegas i think that's the idea will so we say but i don't know if they're going (laughs) to these screenings they're probably going to the casinos and the hotels and they're seeing like celine like prizes yeah no they they did the slot machines like now you can go see where the crawdads sing come on will i don't know i mean maybe they're appealing to like the people who've lost a bunch of money in vegas but they're there for another day (laughs) and they're like hey you want a free screening like free i can't lose out of that you know and you know they see a movie (laughs) and then they maybe they hate the movie or love it i don't know but i don't know i i don't get why they're so important but whatever meta score so is anyway, something we pull they pull so they pull the audiences and so you get like an average score like a test rating so uh highest you can get is an a plus um and then the lowest you can get is an f uh notoriously cinema score tends to be like higher than like it's not like rotten tomatoes but um will what do you think the the cinema score is what do you think I think they're, I mean, certainly going off the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes. I think they're probably digging it. I'm going to say A minus. Okay, Trish, what do you think? You could go You could go higher than Will. You could go same. You could go lower. What, what do you think? I'm thinking a B plus. Okay, that's what Thor was last week. It's oh. a good guess. Um, I was thinking that too, but I, my gut said go higher, but we'll see. But you, your gut was right, Will, because it's an A minus well, exactly. There we go. So, you know. So far, so far, Will, you're you're kind of dominating here, but Trish has one last chance to well, show you up. Do you want to do the Metacritic? Oh, you have the Metacritic? Did you look it up? Yeah. Uh, so Metacritic is similar to Rotten Tomatoes, except they average the score a little bit more closely to like what the critics are responding as opposed to Rotten Tomatoes, which is more of a general like if they like it or dislike it. Like even if like they gave it like one star or like 2.5 out of five, it's still are rotten whereas this is a little bit more cumulative as far as like here's what all the critics are giving this rating wise does that make sense okay yeah, sure but uh similar things from like zero to 100 what would you think the meta score would be for uh where the crawl dads sing i'm gonna go with 82 wow okay so this is for the critics oh oh sorry um but, oh yeah we could do the audience too i mean if you want to do so there's the user score for this so there's this, yeah, there's a user score and then there's a Metacritic score. So we'll say, what did you, what did you say, 84? No, I said 82. Oh, 80, okay. So you want to do 8.2 for the user score and then what do you want to do for the Metacritic score? Hmm. Let's see. Maybe 54, 5.4. Okay. How about you, John? We'll let you guess. Well, I, I think it's going to be higher than the Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. because I think the Rotten Tomatoes is so binary, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's going to be that much higher. Because I think I, I have seen on, I'm, I, ha- I mean, I haven't cheated, but I've seen Letterboxd, mm. like the ratings that people are giving. So I think it's probably going to be in the 40s. I'm just going to go with an even kind of split and say 45. Then what about for the user score? Since we're guessing. For the user score, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 92. Oh, wow, okay. I don't know. Well, you're certainly closer, John, as far as the meta score, which is 44. But Trish is a lot closer to the user score, which is 7.6. Okay. So, there you go. There you go. Sorry, Trish, you got your first win. And uh, okay. And then this has been a lot uh, more than we usually do. Okay. Last is Letterboxd. On Letterboxd.com, 5.7 thousand people have watched this. That's very, very low. Um, people are not coming out on the like the letterbox community is not on top of this one but 
we have an average rating. This one is zero to five. Um, so for example, I think like Thor Love and Thunder was like what 3.3 or maybe it was just like three split. Um, but yeah, Will, what do you think uh, the Letterboxd is? Uh, my gut's saying 3.0. That may be a little high, but that's what I'm feeling. Okay. And uh, what do you think, Trish? I'm going to go 2.7. Okay. It is 3.1. I mean, good oh. strategy. I would have gone lower too. But no, it's it's a little it's it perked up a little bit. I mean, I don't see any positive reviews from like fans of the show here. Sure. But also not a lot of fans of like friends of the show mm-hmm. have even seen it. Well, um, so, yeah, there you go. I mean, my thinking was just that if it's like a mix of like the critics that we're talking about and the audiences that are really like it, it would probably be a more even split on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. So that was my line of thinking for 3.0. Before we say goodbye, um, we, we were going to get into some controversy, but it is a little bit spoiler filled. So if you haven't seen the movie and you're like, OK, I got what I needed. Yeah, we'll see you later. Uh, but we are going to talk about stuff that kind of has to do with the ending of this movie. You don't you don't want to know this if you actually plan on seeing the movie. So this is your warning. And uh, now, you know what? We'll say yeah. uh, spoiler rating for the book, too. Why not? If you I read- guess so. Yeah, because. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I assume that's a given. Um, so. It's kind of wild what happened, and I use that word specifically, with the actual uh, author of the book. So the author of the book, we've kind of mentioned her, Delia Owens, who kind of like ran into some controversy here. I don't know how to explain it uh, exactly, but essentially she was on like a wildlife preserve and straight up murdered somebody, and it's on camera. And people are like, okay, she murdered like a poacher. Oh, really? And people. Okay. Right. And and people are like, well, um, that's interesting considering this was in Zambia, by the way. That's interesting considering, you know, and this happened in the 90s. Uh, this movie is sort of about how the main character we find out she straight up murdered that boy. And I thought that was obvious. Like I, I when we were in the trials, like, oh, she killed him. I mean, of course she did. Like. They're not they're trying to make it seem like, you know, one of these boys swept in. But it's not that kind of movie. This is the movie with the with a female character. And as soon as they go into like the montage of they're growing older, it's like, OK, when is he going to find the necklace and some kind of thing that she worked on? So they kind of I don't know that none of that was very surprising. But it is sort of like a dark note. The movie ends on where it's just like, was she in the right? Did she should she have done this? And I think the failure of the movie is to really sell like the morality of it or like the twistiness of it. And I wonder if they were trying to, cause, cause I think, uh, I don't think this controversy was like super out there when they were making this movie. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, what do you, Trish, did, were you aware of like all this stuff going on? Um, so I just heard a little bit about this, like on our way to the movie theater. Um, so I didn't do a ton of research into her, um, as in the author. Um, I will say I felt like in the book, um, it was a little more unsure of who it was. Um, definitely high contender for possibly being Tate. Um, just being, ha- there were more scenes of his character being protective of her, um, and her or him kind of like being more active in trying to, um, to steer her away from chase. Um, and I, in the book, that's why, can I say it surprises me so much in the movie, at least that nobody seems to suspect anybody else. Yeah. They suspect her. And it's like, well, 
wouldn't you suspect her like longtime boyfriend who just got back to town, who's super protective of her and like was witnessed fighting the guy? Like, it just seems really weird that like he's free and clear of suspicion. But this woman who like, yeah, it's odd. There's also a scene in the book where after the trial, um, when she's still uncertain of if she's um, going to like open herself up for Tate again. And so she's like trying to um, approach him in her boat in the water. And then the sheriff comes and takes Tate away. And so that kind of leans more of like, oh, like it, maybe it is Tate. Um, so that, and it kind of like piques your interest of like, oh, like they're still trying to figure out what had happened. Whereas in the movie, it's just kind of like, oh, done. We're, we're done figuring this out. Um, so yeah, I feel like, that kind of helped to to um, make it a little less obvious. Okay, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I should I should mention I should clarify a little bit. Um, so Delia Owens, um, she was with her then husband and her son. I was going to say I thought it was she's something... wanted for questioning. Right, I thought it was only with her son being accused of murder and like her like maybe helping him or having right. information she was withholding from the police. I but it is it's just the fact that she was involved in any sort of real life murder, you know, escaped and then a couple of decades later wrote a novel about a woman on trial for murder is just such a bizarre yeah. turn of events. <laughs> uh, Which I yeah. mean I could see her just being like it's a coincidence. I had the story. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like I like, really understood this character. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> just really can't. Yeah, are you justified? I mean, a poacher. I mean, most people would be like poachers are terrible. They hurt the animals, and so well, you know, she I mean, very much is a conservationist, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of getting to the the thing with the movie, and I guess the book too is that like is she justified to do it? And it seems like the movie is very much like, yes, like he was a terrible person. He's a he predator. He's a predator. Yeah, yeah. He was going to rape her. Like he was a bad person. He deserved to die basically. And like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, so the movie doesn't even really have uh, any sort of like uh, doubt as far as like whether or not she was in the wrong or right. It's more about whether or not she did or didn't do it. But it seems like, like we're so suggesting is it more ambiguous in the book then. That's the thing that I'm so curious about, like in terms of like the morality trait, like do you walk away from the book being just like, yeah, had happened or is it sort of just like, huh, you know, that's, a, that's something to chew on or both. Yeah. I wouldn't say that necessarily in the book you like are fully supporting her. I think it's more like that morality of like, well, um, but, but yeah. And I think also the book goes more into like how, pre-planning she had to be because they really break it down in the trial of how little amount of time she had and had to like disguise herself and and all that stuff um during the trial um but yeah i wouldn't say that the book necessarily is as much of the movie was like oh yeah that had to happen um but yeah i would say it's a similar feeling i guess can i say i you know i can be a little bit of a softy i know you know will's probably like yeah oh, sure but you know, when they were doing the montage at the end and they're growing old together and I got a little bit of like, well, that's nice. You know, and I, I was a little bit like, you know, we're going to get to the point, obviously, but I did, I didn't expect it to be when like she was like super old, but just like, I don't know. I like the ending on that note, I guess. Like, I, I kind of liked that this person had this kind of, you know, happy ending and, you know, the thing with her mom and I was like, oh, you know, like this is okay. Let's end it here. Uh, but we're going to show the shell. But then I guess like they show he like gets rid of it for her and like all that stuff. 
Um, was that part of the book too? That's all I was kind of leading up to, I guess, but yeah, like where he sort of goes It's away. pretty similar, just a little bit different. Like how I talked about um, the poetry aspect. Um, so in the, the book, he um, was like moving some stuff around in the house and had found like a floorboard that was like not connected or whatever um, and saw that it was under there with all the poems. And then there was a poem about how she talks about how fireflies, how they like lure them in um, and then like devour their mate. And so it was kind of like a poem explaining that like she lured him in um, and then the shell was with it. Um, and so he like burned all of the poems and got rid of the shell. Um, so that I felt like in the book, it was more hidden where he just kind of like found it in a book in their living room, um, which they obviously would have like fully searched her house. Um, so that I was a little bit unsure of. They saw the, because it was like a diary, right? Wouldn't they have looked at something like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's like, hey, hey, uh, Marco, I got a, I got a diary here with pictures of the accused. Put it down, smartman. Like, we don't have time. Like, what, what happened? Yeah. Which, in reading the book, because um, I reread it just up the past couple of weeks and leading up to the movie, um, that was one thing that I had forgotten about all the poetry. And I was interested in how they were going to do mm. that. So that was kind of a way of they were like, well, a diary. Um, but <laughs> yeah, 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 I was interested. Like, it wasn't even hidden. Like, that was a little weird. So. Yeah. Did you have, do you have anything, Will Ashton? I mean, uh, I know you're a big fan of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not yet. I know you're not a big fan of poaching. Yeah, sure. Uh, be on the record as being anti-poaching uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, I was going to say, because it's not like a spoiler, but it relates to a spoiler. So I didn't want to say it during the main recording. But one of my favorite lines in the movie uh, is when, you know, like it, it's revealed she's not guilty. Everyone's celebrating. She's going down the line of like all the people that like, and are in her corner basically and she sees her editor and like just as soon as she got away with murder uh in this case or you know just got off was uh um you know ruled not guilty he's just like can't wait for book two like he can't even wait like <laughs> like he's just, he's also says yeah. she's reportedly said some like pretty terrible things about african people are you talking about the author in general you mean the author yeah okay i was talking just like the editor character in the in the film like he's just like can't wait for book two like you know mm-hmm. he's just like like a real editor i guess just can't wait for that next story <laughs> yeah i think they were you know. to capture some of her emotions in the book because in the book it said how she was like so embarrassed that the one person who didn't judge her as like the marsh person had to be drawn into this and so it was kind of that like in the book she didn't want to go up to him at the end because she was embarrassed that he was there and like he kind of eased it of like meeting her of like oh yeah like don't worry about it don't sweat it like we'll move on um but yeah it did kind of feel like they were throwing that in as a book part but you didn't get the other stuff so it was just kind of confusing that makes more sense yeah just just the way that he delivered that line was just very funny to me (laughs) (laughs) um okay so we've got about an hour and i think we've basically covered it so let's end it there i suppose uh, where the crawdads sing it's now playing in theaters i i'm not sure like because this is sony i'm not sure if it's gonna be on any kind of like streaming in a couple of months uh, it doesn't have like a very obvious destination uh, crackle plus um crackle plus <laughs> we got i mean it could i could see it being on like netflix for a few months or something well, like that uh, uh sony we'll has a deal now with netflix so it is gonna go on to netflix at some point don't don't they still like put things on other things at times or uh, am i making that up in my head well, some, I mean, 
I, I know there's some weird you on thing. the spot. I didn't mean to get you all flustered. Well, no, I mean, I think you're referring to like the Spider-Man movies where like because they have a deal with Disney, they might be on a different service like stars or something. Uh, Maybe I like know. I was thinking, OK, yeah. Um, but I think oh, that, and, and, I think their deal with stars yeah. is ending and it's going to go. Everything is just going to go straight to Netflix if it's not already going to Netflix after a certain window of time. Um, Trish, thank you for coming on to the show, um, showing your brother up, embarrassing up, left down and up, left down, right sideways. Um, and congrats on your upcoming wedding. That's super exciting. Thank you. It was fun to be on here and definitely very excited for the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know it's, uh, it's about to go down, so we'll let you get back to the planning <laughs> and all that fun stuff. Uh, I just had my wedding in May and it was fantastic. It was a fantastic time and Will came in clutch, you know, I don't know if you know the whole story for that. But um, no, super, super glad uh, we could have you on and to inform us on all this book stuff. It was really helpful. Thank yes, you. Yes. Thank you for having me on. It was fun.